almost everybody that we pull out of the water is not a local. And they're tourists. They might be tourists from interstate. They might be people from Western Sydney. Uh, they might be international tra uh, travellers. 65% of people don't know what the flags are for. It seems so obvious to us because we've seen them all our lives. It's really simple. Swim between the flags, and if the flags aren't up or the beach is not patrolled, go and swim somewhere else where they are up and where it is patrolled. Hello and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today we're talking with Tim Murray, President of Tamarama Surf Lifesaving Club. We will be talking about surf safety, the upcoming season, and how clubs like his are transforming the way that they work with the community in the 21st century. Welcome, Tim. How are you going today? Marjorie, I'm fantastic. Thanks very much for having me along. No, pleasure to have you here. So surf club season, it's about to come underway. Patrols are about to start. Tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us a bit about the club and what we should be looking forward to. Well, um, Tamarama, it's the most dangerous patrol beach on uh, the New South Wales coast. Um, we're also quite a small club um, compared to the other big clubs around us. Um, it's a small, close-knit uh, community in Tamarama, and we have a lot of uh, dedicated members from outside the area. About half of our members come from outside the area, mainly Newtown, Enmore, that sort of area. So how are you recruiting your members then? Um, we're actually in the middle of a recruiting drive right now for the next bronze intake, um, which will be starting in October. Um, so we um, have information nights. We have one this week down at the club. Uh, we put up notices at bus stops, uh, put it up on social media. Um, we'd love to um, uh, get new members to join us this season. Fantastic. Tim, you're not originally a Glamorama boy. What is it that brought you to the beach and how did you get involved in surf clubs? Well, um, I was born in uh, Waverley at the Waverley Warm Warm Hospital, so that's not too far from Tamarama. That's pretty close. But, yeah, I did spend about 20 years outside the country, and I came home uh, having been an ocean swimmer before I left and thought, I'll, I'll join a surf club, get back into it. And uh, you have to do a swim test to become a surf lifesaver, and it's like nine minutes to do 400 metres. I'm like thinking, you don't have to train for that. Um, turns out I did it in 10 minutes. And the, the trainer said to me, we don't teach people how to swim here. So then I spent three months sort of getting myself back up to speed, getting in shape. And I reckon that's one of the best things about being a surf lifesaver is that you get to be really healthy and social. So why Tamarama? What is it about that particular beach that drew you to it? Um, bit of an accident. Um, I was having a boozy lunch with a mate in the city and uh, he said, uh, have you ever thought about becoming a surf lifesaver? And I said, sure. Mm. Um, and after lunch, he sort of sent me the email on uh, how to sign up. So um, that was John Hancock, who's now the um, head of uh, Nippers, but was the president years ago. And he encouraged me to join. That's how I ended up joining Tamar. I liked it so much, I went and got a house in the area. Now, let's have a bit of a chat about the upcoming season. Last season was the most dangerous season on record in terms of drownings across Australia. What do you see as the biggest challenges for surf clubs like Tamarama this summer? Almost everybody that we pull out of the water is not a local. Um, 
and they're uh, tourists. They might be tourists from interstate. They might be people from Western Sydney. Uh, they might be international tra- uh, travellers. Um, so the problem is, how do we speak to that group of people? How do we communicate with them on how to be safe at the beach? We started a migrant beach safety program at our beach, and we work with um, education institutions and uh, community groups that have members that are new to Australia, and they come on down to the beach. We train about 100 at a time in uh, how to be aware of safety at the beach. They're called our Migrant Beach Safety Days. And when is your next Migrant Beach Safety Day, and how could people find out about that? They are fairly regular. We have one uh, once a month. I know the next one I'm uh, going to be turning up to is on the 15th of December, and that's for the Nepalese community. You might be aware the Nepalese community has had several um, unfortunate drownings, and so they take it very seriously, and we get the group through. It's a lot of fun. They turn up. Um, They cook a lot of Nepalese food. There's a bit of uh, banger dancing and all sorts of stuff that goes on. They make videos of it and it gets out into the community. And since that time, there haven't been any drownings in the Nepalese community. So they're quite keen to turn up every year and and do this again, just to remind people simple messages. Swim between the flags, don't swim at beaches that aren't patrol. Last season, um, even though I'm a member of Clovelly Surf Lifesaving Club, I took the opportunity to patrol every single beach in the eastern suburbs, including Tamarama, Bronte, Bondi and North Bondi. And I think one of the things that sort of shocked me a little bit coming from Clovelly was the lack of awareness that people even know, one, about being able to identify rips, but two, the importance of swimming between the flags. Um, What do you have to say about this? It's really simple. Swim between the flags, and if the flags aren't up or the beach is not patrolled, go and swim somewhere else where they are up and where it is patrolled. (laughs) Nice, simple message. No, but look, there is this urban myth, and it constantly is told that, you know, people might come up to you uh, and say, look, you don't swim between those flags, they're red, it means danger. But I was, and I was absolutely shocked, particularly when I was at Bondi and people coming up and saying that, you know, you've got your migrant safety days. These are incredibly important. How else can we communicate this safety to people? Well, you know, I think the, one of the important things is, is reaching out to the communities that are at risk. Um, Western Sydney is the location that um, many of the people that get into trouble come from. And so we need to connect with groups in Western Sydney, um, we, which we do through um, Blacktown Council, uh, Bankstown, and different community groups there to bring them along to the beach. Yeah. Everybody has a great time. And they get to leave uh, knowing the good safety message. It's really interesting what you said about people not knowing what the flags are for. We survey people before the, uh, the training and after. 65% of people don't know what the flags are for. It seems so obvious to us because we've seen them all our lives. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit. Uh, growing up for me, surf lifesaving clubs were a bit of a closed shop. How are clubs like yours changing that perception? Yeah, it's interesting you describe it like that. Um, and it's good to point out that it's the 40th year anniversary next year of women being allowed to join clubs. It's hard to believe they weren't allowed to be members until uh, the 1980s. So the Migrant Beach Safety Day is all about us reaching out to get 
new Australians to come to our club and to join our club so that our club reflects that. We also have a lot of LBGTI members um, and um, many of the people who uh, organise Lifesavers with Pride, uh, that great group of LBGTI Lifesavers that march every year in the Mardi Gras, come from our club. We also have a um, program called the Holy Days Program, where we have about um, 12 uh, nippers, uh, indigenous uh, kids uh, that come from the Weave uh, community group uh, to join us every Sunday to do nippers with us. That's fantastic. So, Tim, Surf Lifesaving is the largest volunteer organisation in Australia. In your opinion, what is it about Surf Lifesaving that attracts people to it? It's a lot of fun. I mean, when you have to volunteer for several hours on the weekend and it's in the sun and next to the water, it's hardly like it's hard work. You get to hang out with your mates, you get to keep fit. It's a really fun thing to do. And being a member of your local community, um, being able to sort of connect with the community is fantastic. Every time I go down to the beach, I'll run into 10 people I know because I'm a member of the club and it gives a great sense of connectiveness. It's the fact that uh, people who volunteer are happier and healthier and live longer lives that are healthier lives. So get out and volunteer. How many hours did you patrol last season? Oh, this sounds like a technical question. I'm wondering if I'm being tested for proficiency here. I did 90. Wow. Okay. Well, I, um, on the beach patrolling, I probably did about 50-something. Tim, thanks for being on the episode. Before we wind this up, there's just a couple of questions that I like to ask all of our guests. First one is, what do you love most about the eastern suburbs? Well, I'm on a theme here, the beach, and in particular, Tamrama Beach. Um, but look, getting around um, the east, there are so many nice areas. It's quite a diverse area. Everywhere you go, you go to Watson's Bay, uh, you go to Bondi, Bronte. It's just so diverse and so many wonderful natural outdoor spaces, places to keep fit and go for a walk and enjoy your life. Absolutely. What do you see as the major challenges facing our community? I don't think we're taking enough action uh, to improve our climate at a personal level. I think people need to put more solar panels on their roof and to use less energy. If there was anything you could change, what would that be? Right now, the solar uptake in our local government area, Waverley, is about 10%. I'd like to see that at 50 plus percent. Okay. And do you think that the state has a role in helping with that? 100%. Absolutely. So final three questions. Where is your favourite place to eat, your favourite beach, and where can you buy the best coffee? These are very controversial questions, Marjorie. It's, I have to be careful how I answer this. Uh, so I go backwards from coffee. Um, you can't get a bad coffee in the eastern suburbs. They're all great. Safe answer. Um, if I was to say anything but Tamrama, I'd get myself into trouble. But I have to put a plug in for Bondi. Um, you can always swim at Bondi. It's a great beach. Um, and eat. Um, I love having lunch at Savda up in Bondi Junction. Oh, good place. I had breakfast there this morning. <laughs> Tim, it's been great having you here on this episode of Coogee Voice. Now, if anyone would like to get involved in Tamarama Surf Lifesaving Club, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, Marjorie, it's been a real pleasure to be here with you today. And if people would like to come and join the best surf lifesaving club in Australia. They're fighting words, Tim. <laughs> they are fighting words, and it is. Um, it's, uh, we're starting an, another course in October, and um, you can just look us up online, uh, Tamarama Surf Lifesaving Club, and on our website you can join up there. Great, Tim, and I hope to see you down on the beach. Thank you. 
Wasn't it great to hear from Tim Murray and all the great things that Tamarama Surf Club is doing? Now, before we go, I'd just like to acknowledge the passing of local legend Peter Moskett. Peter made his rugby league first grade debut for Eastern Suburbs in 1969 as the club's hooker. In the 90s, he was a Waverley councillor and he was a Waverley mayor in 2004 when Waverley Council became one of the first in Australia to introduce a smoking ban on its beaches. Peter married Margaret, a school teacher and sister to one of his Roosters teammates, John Peard. He was a well-known Bondi local, a staunch supporter of the Bondi board riders and longboards, and he started his league career playing for Bondi United in the juniors. Thank you, Peter, for the great contribution you made to our local area on and off the field. You will be missed. Thank you all for listening. Now, if you'd like any more information about anything that was discussed on today's show or any other matter within our electorate, head to the webpage, marjorieoneal.com.au or head to our Facebook page, Coogee Voice. That's it for this episode of Coogee Voice. Bye for now.